0: Thank you for tuning in to Heroes of Hope with Evangelist Hagan Adams. Our desire is to evangelize the sinner, encourage the saint, and exalt the Savior. As we hear from men of God who have given their life to share that blessed hope. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Heroes of Hope podcast. And and man, another week has gone by and it is just flown by at a hybrid of speed. Just a blink of an eye and it was gone. And another podcast is to be released today. And so thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here and just and to listen and be a part of this. We sure want to thank you for doing so and just wanted to touch base and let you know that next week, next Monday, we'll release a podcast. It'll be an interview, and in which I'm very, very excited about. been looking forward to for a long time now, and it'll be a podcast with a couple different folks. It'll be Pastor uh, Steve Johnson and um, Evangelist Seth Johnson. You may recognize those names. You may not. That's okay, but you'll get to meet them next week as they'll be on the podcast with me, uh, getting to an interview. And if it works out, well, I'm not sure, but maybe even their um, father and grandpa will be able to be on their uh, brother amos johnson and if it works out there'll be three generations of baptist preachers three uh, men of god who are walking with god who are living for god who are serving god it'd be a, fa- a grandfather and then his son and then the grandson there so it'd be three generations and all in the ministry all baptist preachers and so i just thought that was pretty neat and all three obviously still living what just a testimony that is of this the uh, a goodly heritage. So we're going to talk about that next week, a goodly heritage and how to uh, how to build one and how to have one and how to keep that uh, keep that heritage going for many generations to come. So I'm looking forward to that podcast. So make sure to be looking for that next week as it'll come out next Monday. And you won't want to miss it. You'll want to tune in, get a pen and paper and write down a few things that we talk about, learn about next week. And so man, I'm just looking forward to that podcast. So make sure to tune in. And be ready for that next week. But for today, we're still talking about this book that we're going through. 50 people, every Christian should know. 50 people, every Christian should know. Last week, we talked about Jonathan Edwards and what a man of God that he was. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, I would encourage you to go back and, and take time to listen to that. And just what a man of God he was, it'll be a help and encouragement to you. But this week I want to talk about uh, a name, an, another name that you would probably recognize, a man by the name of George Whitfield. You would probably recognize that name and uh, man, what a man of God he was as well. And it amazes me as I read this book and I i go through their life and, you know, you, just this book, just a, uh, five, or six pages, ten pages per chapter, uh, just giving a brief overview of these men of God's life. And it just amazes me how much time they spent on a daily basis talking and communing and listening to God. It just amazes me how today in our society, we we think we've done God some great service if we spend 20 minutes in prayer, and we think we've done God some great service if we uh, read a grand total of three or four chapters of the Word of God a day. And these men of God, men of old, that lived in the sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundreds, 1800s, even 1900s that we have read about and we have have gone through their life, it just amazes me how they spent hours upon hours upon hours talking with God and listening to God and hearing from God and just simply walking with God. And we wonder why God used them in such a great way. We wonder why they were able to be a part of the the first great awakening, the second great awakening and revival revival and just seeing God do a great amount of work. We'll never see that. We'll never get to be a part of anything like that as long as our Christianity is weak and anemic. But these men of God truly had a walk with God every single day. As I was reading this, one of the very first things it mentions here, it says the historians tell us that Whitfield, that is George Whitfield, preached 40 to 60 hours a week. 40 to 60 hours, that's preaching time. Preaching time, 40 to 60 hours a week. That is is amazing that you could preach that much. And uh, obviously, that would be you know uh, today in our our average work week would be 40 uh, plus hours if you had a full-time job, it would be around 40 hours' maybe a little bit over 40 hours. it'd be a full-time job. and here George Whitfield preached for a total of 40 to 60 hours a week. That's a full-time job. And if you've ever preached a message before, if you taught a Sunday school lesson, if you've uh, maybe given a devotion to a la- to the lady, something along that line. if you've given and shared the word of God at all with somebody, um, in a public uh, public situation such as preaching, you would realize the amount of study that goes into your lesson or your message, or your devotion, or your thought. You would you, you would understand the amount of time that is spent in preparation before you even stand behind the pulpit, time spent on the Word of God. Time taking notes, time, time uh, rewriting things and writing things again and again and again, and time preparing illustrations and and objects. You would, you would understand the amount of effort and work that goes into it before you ever step behind the pulpit. I believe it's been said that for every message that is preached that's, you know, 35 minutes to an hour long, there's roughly eight hours of work and study that went into that message. I can't even imagine, you know, we pastors today preach three or four times a week. And I mean, eight hours goes into or should go into a good amount of time should go into their preparation if they expect to see God use their thought and their message in a good way, in a great way. And so if they, you know, spend eight hours uh, per uh, time they preach four times a week, that that's tiring right there in and of itself. But here, George Whitefield preached 40 to 60 hours a week. Forty to sixty hours. So you multiply forty times sixty hours a week times eight hours per time he preached. Uh, that would be a tremendous uh, amount of work in one week. But he did it every single week. One of his friends had said and told him. He said uh, George Whitfield. Uh, he protested that he preached too often, and he responded with this quote: "We are immortal until our work is done." He told him that he had rather he had rather wear out than rust out, and that's exactly. Uh, Man, powerful, powerful. We have too many Christians today who simply uh, are are rusting away. They have potential. They have great potential. God's given them abilities, but rather than serve him and use him and magnify him with the abilities that he's given them, they'd rather sit at home or sit in a pew and and do absolutely nothing. But George Whitfield had the mindset, I'd rather wear away than rust away. And because of that, he had some great health issues in his life. Uh, It was said that he was not a healthy man, that he often had several spells of vomiting, but that he arose each morning at four o'clock, and this is a record of ministry becomes. This record of record of ministry becomes even more amazing. A man who preached forty to sixty hours a week, and because of those a uh, very um, hour, all of those hours he spent laboring in the word of God, and it is work to dig out those nuggets of truth. It is work to do that, because he spent all that time studying the word of God. Uh, he he was a, he was a sick man. He had. Uh, spells of vomiting. But despite all of that, he rose at four o'clock in the morning to spend time with the Lord, to start a day all over, to start that day reading the Word of God and praying. I wonder, of all the people that will listen to this podcast, I wonder how many of, how many of us, I'll include myself in this, how many of us rose at uh, four o'clock in the morning today or on the day that you're listening? How many of us got up at four o'clock this morning and spent time in prayer and spent time reading the Word of God, spent time allowing God to to fill us and to prepare us for the day, I would say none, uh, or maybe just a handful of people that will listen to this podcast. Rose at four o'clock in the morning to spend time in prayer and spend time um, reading the Word of God, preparing it for the day. But man, what a man of God that George Whitfield was! Obviously, his friends John and Charles Wesley, same as Jonathan Edwards, and uh, he man, what a what is the man of God that he was? And when he was twenty years old. Uh, he began the lifelong practice of reading the Bible on his knees. He began the lifelong practice of reading the Bible on his knees. And what a what a symbol that is. And as he was humbling himself and getting down on his knees before God and saying, "God, I'm uh, I'm getting I'm getting getting low. I'm getting down before you, and God, I want you to speak to me and I want you to uh, to to just talk to me and, and touch my life and help me." I, I remember hearing an illustration here a while back. Uh, there was a man and he. He's just a faithful man, a child of God, a servant of God, and he would get up rise up early in the morning. He would go into his living room and he would would sit, or rather he would kneel in his rocking chair there in his living room. He would spend time on prayer every morning. He did not miss a morning. Every single morning he got up and he would go to that rocking chair and he would sit and he would pray and he would spend time, you know, 30, 45 minutes to an hour every single morning just communing and talking to God. He did that for. Uh, 50 60 70 years of his life and and after he died they uh, they went into the living room there where his rocking chair had always sat and they scooted it back and they found there in the floor where there was two indentions or has in his knees had been begin to press into the floor for all of those years for 50 60 70 years as it was his knees had made indentions in the floor I and mean, the application was given that if we desire to make an indention if we desire to make an impact in this life the only way the only way we're going to make a difference for the cause of Christ in this world in which we live, it will start on our knees each and every day. And if we want to make an impression, if we want to make an indention in the lives of other people and in this world, just like this man did in his floor, it'll start when we get on our knees before God. Maybe maybe that's something you can start. Doing. Maybe that's something that the Lord will convict you of and, and prompt you of that you begin to read the word of God on your knees. I know uh, it's so easy for us to get comfortable. We sit in a, in a, in a lazable recliner and we kick our feet up and we have our Bible in our hand and, and we begin to, to read the word of God. I mean, we get so comfortable but when you're on your knees on a hard floor, man, it keeps your, it keeps your, uh, your attention a lot better than, than in a very comfortable chair. I remember I may have told the story in the podcast before. I'm not sure. I remember uh, as after I got saved, when I was eight years old, I the Lord prompted me and spoke to my heart and said, hey, you need to read your, the Bible every day. You need to read the word of God every single day. I remember the first day that I said, okay, uh, I'm starting this today. I'm going to start reading the Bible every single day. I went in and I got, I got home from school that day and went into the, my room, got my Bible. And then I went into the kitchen and got me a bag of Cheetos. And then and I went into the living room, had my Bible, my Cheetos, and I got in on on the couch there. Opened my Bible, opened my bag of Cheetos, and it didn't take very long before I put the Bible down and I was just munching on these Cheetos. I had I had you know if you if you eating Cheetos you know you get the cheese all over your fingers. I had cheese everywhere all over my face, all over my hands. I've got Cheeto all over my Bible. And because it was so comfortable, because it was so uh, relaxing, because it was, I was just stuffing myself with Cheetos, I didn't get a whole lot out of the word of God. But when we will get on our knees before God and we'll get down and and, and afflict some pain on our own selves and say, God, I'm not interested in being comfortable. I'm not interested in all of these different things. That I want to hear from you. I want to stay focused on what you're trying to say to me. He will speak to us. He's trying to speak to us, but many times we're too distracted by comfort and ease of life that we don't even hear what he's trying to say. But here, Jonathan, or I'm sorry, not Jonathan Edwards, but George Whitfield began a lifelong practice of reading the Bible on his knees. And what a power powerful thing that was in his life. I wonder if you would do begin to do that even in your life. When his followers protested of his decision, he said, Let my name be forgotten, let my let me be trodden under the feet of men. If Jesus may therefore be glorified, let us look above names and parties. Let Jesus be our all in all. I care not who is up, up uppermost. Excuse me. I know my place, even to be the servant of all. Let me read that again. This is what John uh, George Whitfield said. He said, "Let my name be forgotten. Let me be trodden under the feet of all men. If Jesus may thereby thereby be glorified, let us look above." names and parties. Let Jesus be our all in all. I care not who is uppermost. I know my place even to be the servant of all. Man, what a a man of God this was. He said, I'm not interested in being published. I'm not interested in having my name on a billboard, having my name on a sign on a marquee. I'm not interested in any of that. I simply want the name of Jesus Christ, the name of God, to be glorified and magnified. And he said, I know my place even to be the servant of all. It, wouldn't it be something if we had a whole lot more people trying to serve than we had a whole lot more people trying to lead? And today in our country, in our churches, sadly, and in many areas of life, we have way too many chiefs and not enough Indians, if you will. You've heard that, that expression before, uh, way too many chiefs and not enough Indians. we got too many people trying to lead, too many people trying to take charge and run things, and nobody trying to be a servant. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not for slavery by any means. I, as a matter of fact, I'm completely against slavery, and uh, no question about it. And you know, you've you've heard the, heard, heard this saying as well that in a, in a local church that. Um, Ten percent of the people do ninety percent of the work, and there's been there's I've been in church before where that's certainly not the case, and I've been in churches where that is obviously the case that ten percent of the people do ninety percent of the work. You know, uh, God is God is not asking you to be a slave. He's not asking you uh, to to do anything of that nature, but he is asking you to be a servant. He is asking you to give of yourself and be a servant to others, be a servant to him, and that's exactly what George Whitfield did in his life I think about uh, as time went on he he was a part of the the Methodist Church and obviously back in the 1700s the Methodists then and the Methodists now are very very different as a matter of fact the Methodists then would have lined up very close with our independent fundamental uh King James. Uh, Bible-believing Baptist churches today, and so, but here George Whitfield. After a certain time, he was he was uh, he he removed himself from the Methodist Church, and and he went out into the fields, and he went out into uh, the areas where the miners were that were mining, and he would go out, and he would uh, begin to preach, and crowds of three, four, five hundred people would gather. As a matter of fact, Benjamin Franklin calculated that on one occasion Whitfield's message could be heard clearly by thirty thousand people. At one time, obviously back in the 1700s, they didn't have microphones like I'm speaking today. They didn't, they didn't have sound systems like I have before me today and headphones and all of these things. Hey, he was just out in a, in a field uh, preaching to these minors in their family, people that had struggles, people that were hurting financially, hurting physically, he, people that were away from their families. He just began to open the word of God and preach to them. And at this particular time, 30,000 people could hear the message which he preached. Man, what a powerful, powerful thing that is that when we will give ourselves to God in full surrender, we will be a servant. We will know our place, our place is at the feet of Jesus Christ. And I I, I you know people say things, People, people can make a statement, but their actions and the way they live truly back up what they say. And here, George Whitfield said he knew his place. He wanted to be the servant of all. And a servant's place is at the master's feet. A servant's place at the master's feet. That's why every morning he got up at four o'clock in the morning. He got up at four o'clock, brightening, before the sun, before, uh, before the rooster gets up and begins to go. He got up before all of that, and he went and he got at the master's feet. Because when you find yourself with the master's feet, you won't have a problem serving people each and every day. And that's why God used His life in such a magnificent way that He had the opportunity and the privilege to preach to thirty thousand people at once. And I, I can't even, as a preacher of the gospel, I cannot even imagine standing before thirty thousand people and having the opportunity to preach the gospel to them. What, what a privilege and what an opportunity! that was, and I don't believe God grants that privilege to just everybody. As you know, you would know preachers around the country who have never preached to crowds of 30,000 people, but George Whitfield did. And I believe God granted him that because he knew his place as a servant and he met daily at the feet of the master, Jesus Christ. And that'd be the challenge today is would you just be a servant? I'm not asking you to be a slave. As a matter of fact, God's not asking you to be to be a slave, but he is asking you to be uh, servant. So that's my challenge for you today: that you would just be a servant, that you would get at the feet of Jesus Christ, the feet of the Master, every day, every morning. You would rise up a great while before day, as it says in Mark chapter number one: a great. He rose up a great while before day and went into a solitary place and there prayed. That was speaking of Jesus Christ and uh, what a what a prime example we have. That I believe probably George Whitfield found in the Word of God, and that's where he may have he may have obtained this motto to get up early and pray. But that's what Jesus Christ did, and if nothing else, we got to be following. His motto in our life. So my challenge for you this week is: Would you just be a servant? Would you get up early? Would you stay up late maybe and get at the feet of Jesus Christ and and ha- beg Him to speak to you and beg Him to use you in a great and mighty way in your life? Would you ask Him that you would just find opportunities to serve people, serve in places, and that you would be a servant so that Jesus Christ can use your life in a great and mighty way. And that would be a blessing that God would use us. We're not worthy. We don't deserve to be used. I believe it says uh, in one of the uh, Paul's epistles, uh, I'm not, I not. can't recall which one, maybe Colossians, but he says, I'm not, he's got to be faithful, putting me into the ministry me faithful putting in we are all if you're a saved born-again Christian you're all we are all in the ministry you may say I'm not in full-time ministry I have to work a job I have to do this but we're all called to be full-time Christians we're all called to be a full-time servant of Jesus Christ to share the gospel to be a witness to be a help to be a blessing to be an encouragement we're all called to do that so let me ask you this question are you being a servant are you being a servant many times we uh, myself included can become Um, overwhelmed with the fact that we think we're doing too much. We think we're doing too much for this person or doing too much for that person. And we're just going to slack off. We're just going to back off. We're just going to let up a little bit on the throttle. We'll, We'll, we'll get back to it later. We'll, we'll do this later, that later, but we're not serving people. We're not serving individual. We are simply serving Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he deserves our all. We need to be in our place at the feet of Jesus being a servant. That's my challenge this week. Would you simply be a servant? And uh, what a blessing that will be. We'll be back with you next week and next Monday for a interview. You're not going to want to miss that. If you would, uh, tell your friends, tell your family, get on our uh, social media pages on Facebook or on uh, Instagram, Heavers of Hope, and make sure to uh, comment, like, share all of those things and maybe in the upcoming days, I will post of the upcoming interviews and I will ask you if you have any questions for that for that certain individual. And so you can put those on comments there. You can private message the that page and we will I will ask those questions live on the interview of that person that we will be interviewing. And we'll, we may start doing that here in the very near future, if that would be something uh, that the listeners are interested in. But until next time, next week, you have a great week and be safe out there. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. I'll give my cell phone number if I can be of help. If you have prayer requests, anything of the nature, uh, if you whatever it may be. You want to share a blessing, uh, critique the podcast, whatever you want to do, I'd love to hear from you. And the phone number is 479-903-0531. 479-903-0531. And if you, if I could be a helper, blessing to you, I would love to do so, do so. And y'all have a great week. Lord bless you.